to talk about Jesus the friend. Friendship in Hebrew means closeness, nearness, companionship. Forging true friendships is the goal today. Not just collecting them on social media. Actually choosing our friends wisely. So I have a question, a trivia question for any of you Bible scholars out there. Um, what was the first, Estradas, if you heard me speak this in Havasu, you're not allowed to answer. What was the first problem that needed to be solved with humanity? Anybody know? Shout it out. You Don't be afraid. Companionship. Dang it, Landon. Other than Landon, Pastor Landon, who else has an answer? He's close. Okay, the, the answer is solitude was the first problem that needed to be solved with humanity. Genesis 2 and 19, or 18, the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Proverbs 18, 24, a one who has a unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's the kind of friend I want to introduce you to today. Jesus, the friend, capital T. Now the devil is a deceiver of the brethren. He's a sly old fox. And I'm going to play a clip from you from one of my favorite Disney movies. I'm a huge Disney fan. Um, Honest John Fowlfellow, isn't that a crazy name? And his crony Gideon are walking down the street when they spot Pinocchio on his way to school. And the con men immediately spot an opportunity to line their own pockets by using the stringless marionette. Following Pinocchio, they stage an encounter with the boy. Let's watch. Cards right? We'll be on Easy Street. Or oh, my name is Norris John. Quick, we let him off. Natural-born actor, eh, Giddy? 
And I'm going straight to the top. Why, I can see your name in lights. Lights six feet high. Uh, what is your name? Pinocchio. Pinocchio. P I N U O P I. We're wasting precious time. Come on to the theater. Hi, diddly dee. An actor's life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane. A watch of gold with a diamond chain. Hi, diddly day. An actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity. An actor's life for me. morning about fake friends versus real friends. Fake friends versus real friends. Now, Jiminy Cricket, they're going to play this next clip to seal up the, the thought. Jiminy Cricket is Pinocchio's real friend, and he comes to warn Pinocchio about the bad choice that he's making. Hooray! like Jiminy to tell us the truth in those situations even if we can't when you can't see it we can't hear we don't know we need someone to be on real friends tell the truth they speak the truth to us Jiminy I love their relationship their 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 friendship because Jiminy never left Pinocchio even though he got sold to Stromboli and Jiminy was right there with him and even when Pinocchio got tricked again have you all seen the movie when he got tricked again and same foul, you know, foul, honest John finds him and sells him a golden ticket to Paradise Island and Pinocchio falls for it. Jiminy tries to warn him again, but he never leaves him. He never left his side. He was with him through the good times and the bad. Even when he jumped off the cliff and got swallowed by a whale, Jiminy jumped with him. We need a good friend like that. A friend that's closer than a brother that will walk through the valley and never leave us. One that will speak truth even when we can't hear it. And they'll keep speaking it and keep speaking it. God's presence in your life is real. He is that friend for you. He is always available. Point number one, real friends are more like a covenant than a contract. 
friendship is a Bible theme. It's God created. It's woven through the entire beginning to the end. Enoch walked with God. And then God took him away because he was so cool. Like he never had to experience the sting of death. God was like, I just want you to be with me all the time. So just come right now. There's only two people in the Bible that God, you know, let them bypass death. And he was one of them. Noah was another one in the beginning of the Bible, was righteous and blameless, it says, and walked with God. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one would a friend. The Bible calls Abraham a friend of God. So friendship was even in the beginning of the Bible, before Jesus came. My dad and I were laughing about Enoch being, you know, taken away so quickly because he was so close to God. And I mean, we were laughing because we consider ourselves close to God, but we haven't been raptured up. You know, so I was, that got me thinking, like, okay, so what does it take? You know, <laughs> what do I got to do to be that close with God? You know, like, I want him to be so close, you know. And I w- in reading the Bible and studying about friendship, I realized that walking with God equals friendships. Walking with God is a friendship. It's a relationship where you can hear his voice if you choose to. You can feel his presence You can, if you're aware, if you want to be aware. Um, And, but then in reading the Old Testament, I was like, but wait a second, I don't have anything in common with these old men. Uh, They're men for one. And they, one of them wrote the Ten Commandments, one built an ark, one was father of many nations. Um, No, none of those things. One was blameless and righteous, the Bible says, and I'm neither of those. And I think God knew that this was going to happen, and that's why he sent Jesus, because he realized some people might lose heart because they can't live up to the expectation of Noah or Enoch. Um, So God created friendship. It it was his idea. He knew that you and me were going to need someone who had walked in our shoes, someone who was a man among men, but still God. Someone who would satinate with people, but also was able to heal them. He was all God and all man at the same time. Jesus brought the gospel, and the gospel is friendship. When I see that even before Jesus came to live on this earth, that I couldn't live up to those expectations. I'm so glad that he sent his son because I can't imagine my life without him. I made a mess of my life. I can't imagine my life without Jesus in it, without God moving and working things for, all, for my good. I can't imagine my life and the mess that I've done. When I was in my early 20s, I went through a divorce, and that really jaded me because growing up in a Christian home and being in ministry, and I've been singing in churches since I was three, um, it just wasn't what I thought would happen. And I began to get angry at God for letting that happen. And I literally told him, adios, I'm done. I'm not going to, you are good for other people, but clearly you don't care or you don't want to care. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not living for you anymore. Changed all the radio stations on my car from Christian radio stations to secular, which was a big deal because I was a worshiper, you know, and Christian music, that was just like ingrained in me since birth. 
Um, so that was a big deal. And that kind of set me on a dark spiral out of control and drugs and alcohol. And um, I had an abortion and just the more things that, the more sin that I allowed into my life and the more mistakes that I made, the angrier I got um, and just kept building up this wall, you know. And so I know what it's like to have a mess of a life. And I needed someone who had walked this earth, who knew what it was like to rescue me. So be a friend, make a friend, keep a friend. Jesus called his disciples friends, not servants, not partners, not employees. They were his friends. He walked with people like you and me. He ate with them. He told stories. He helped them. At the Last Supper, he sat and ate with his friends. I think he knew, you know, like, when I'm suffering tomorrow, when all that pain is going through my body, having this moment with his friends and seeing their faces one last time was going to make it so much sweeter for him and so much maybe a little bit easier knowing who he was dying for. And he said, if I don't go... Because they were like, we don't want you to go. He's like, but if I don't, then every generation to come won't have what you have. You have me now, but if I go, I'll, you'll have me forever. And the next generation will have access, and the next generation will have access to me. And so that was, the, that was his goal, is to teach us how to be friends, teach us, teach us how to be a friend, and what friendship is and what it costs laying your life down. Then, so in the New Testament, I was studying friendship, and I'm like, oh my goodness, he, Jesus befriended women. Ha! I make the list. He came to save the sinners. Yep. He gave hope for the Gentiles. That's me too. Healing for those who weren't born Jewish. Hallelujah. I wasn't born Jewish. I'll take it. Yes, yes, yes. So in the Old Testament, I was like getting discouraged because I wasn't checking any of the boxes on how to be friends. And then the New Testament, I was like, oh, my God, I check all the boxes. <laughs> that is a real friend. It's all inclusive. He is an inclusive Lord. Matthew 28 and 20, Jesus said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Um, the cross is history's most heroic act. John 15 and 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, to lay one's life down for one's friends. When I went through a dark time in Texas, um, I... Uh, went to my parents' house one night, and I had two little babies, and I had surrendered them to my parents. I'm like, I am not a fit mother. So I had, you know, when I was running amok, I'd give, you know, left them at my parents' house. And um, my parents called me over <laughs> to their house, and little did I know it was an intervention. My grandparents were there, my brother, had come home from master's commission. My cousin was there, Donovan, and I walk in and it's an intervention for me. They literally, dad denies this, but my memory is 
grabbed me by the hair of my head and threw me in the back of the car and said, you're going to master's commission. And kicking and screaming, I went. And I tried to escape a couple times, I think. And um, I just didn't want anything to do with what he was doing. He was doing good in the community and, you know, doing good things. And I wanted no part of that. And one of the things that they make you do in master's commission is um, you get up early in the morning, like five or six, and you pray for an hour in the church before you start doing all your good deeds, you know, feeding the hungry and all the other things y'all do. (laughs) And um, so I had to come. So Every morning, we would go to the sanctuary, and it was a big church with a big balcony, Tommy Barnett's church in Phoenix, and they would play worship music, and the lights would be dim, and all these young adults would just walk the aisles, or some would sit and write in their journals, and, and then we would just spend an hour of, in worship. Well, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with that, because I did not want to talk to God, and so I would just find a corner somewhere to hide and wait till it was over, and that's how it went for a while. And then um, I'm going to share with you one life-changing moment. Um, I had hit rock bottom, and I had given myself a haircut because it had been so, my my roots had grown out and my hair had gotten long because I had been there and I hadn't been in Texas. And my parents were afraid to give me any money because of my addiction. And so um, I bought scissors with a couple dollars that I had, and they were thinning shears, and I didn't know that. And I was standing there cutting my hair, and nothing was happening. And Landon came in and took the scissors out of my hand and was like, what are you doing? I was like, these don't work. You know, and nothing was happening. And he, like, started, like, moving my hair, and it all started falling out. I had given myself a mullet. I'm not joking. It's terrible. And you know, when the, when, when you, when the drugs were off, you get really hungry. So I had eaten a lot and all that would fit me was like this windsuit that mom bought me. So here I am with my mullet and I put a baseball cap on and my windsuit and he's making me go to prayer again. And I found a spot in the balcony and I was like, just going to lean up against the wall. And I was holding my legs like this and just put my head back. I'm like, I guess I could fall asleep, you know? And this song came on that, um, I remember the lyrics, it's a Springer song. Um, You hold on to all my pain, and with it, you're pulling me closer, pulling me into your ways. Now round every corner and up every mountain, I'm not looking for crowns or the water from fountains. I'm desperate and seeking and frantic and believing that the sight of your face is all that I'm needing. That just sunk in. The wall that I had was down. And I began to cry, and I hadn't cried in a long time, and it kind of felt good, you know. So I let the tears flow, and I I started to feel a lot of regret and a lot of shame for, you know, leaving, abandoning my children and for putting my family through so much pain and, and all the things that had happened to me and all the hurts that had happened just were like open wounds. And I just began to cry about everything. And this is what Jesus did. He walked over to me and he 
leaned out and he whispered in my ear, everything's going to be okay. And I said, what? You're still here? I thought I'd run him off a long time ago. And he just held me in that moment and cried it out and just stayed there with me and held me and let me come to conclusions like, give me that pain. See, this is why, let me heal that for you. Give me that. Okay, I'll take that. Let, this is why that happened. And we worked through so many things in that one moment. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is a friend that will be with you even unto the end. My friendship with Jesus, my truest friendship with him started that moment. Because he's a friend even when you're unfriendly. It's been many years since that morning in Master's Commission. And even now when life gets confusing, and I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand this why with COVID. And I don't understand why my two uncles died of cancer. Godly men, never did anything wrong. They died prematurely. My brother-in-law right now is struggling with leukemia. Life can be confusing. Why is this happening? Whenever that happens, I just look at Jesus and he says, everything's going to be okay. Okay. Whenever you have moments of doubt, whenever you feel like, I just, I don't know what I'm doing in ministry. I don't think I belong. I just look at Jesus. He's like, everything's going to be okay. Okay, I'm going to keep going forward. You trust me. I trust you, Jesus. Okay, here we go. Every time you need him, he is there. Every time you face a situation, he is there. All you have to do is turn your eyes, like the song says, turn your eyes to Jesus. He is your friend. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I'm going to pray over you this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your salvation. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. We want to be closer to you than ever before. We want to hear your voice in every situation. We want to feel your presence, God. You are our friend. You are a healer. Let us be aware that you're always there walking right along beside us, helping us in everything we do and everywhere we go. We receive you now, Lord, as our friend and our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I wanted to say one more point because this church is so awesome. Um, churches help solve the one problem that we talked about at the beginning with solidarity. Churches build community. It's important to go to church. Every time that you're th you think about your church, you need to pray for your church. People need to be here. They need to be part of this community. They need to feel what we feel when we're here. In Acts 2.42, it says, they devoted themselves. This is the fellowship of believers. This is your scripture. They devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching, to fellowship, teaching and to fellowship, and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And then all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily 
those who are being saved. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. You know, as I was listening to her preach, I thought, when was the last time that you heard a message on friendship? Because a lot of times adults, what we do is, oh, that's the kid part of the Bible. No, no, no. You need more. I hear from adults a lot of times. I have a lot of friends. I've got my, I don't need more friends. And I hear a lot of adults struggle to make friends. Go ahead and nod because I'm talking about you. And, and it's hard because we, we stop teaching how to, the value of friendship. And, and, and we think, oh, that's just, and I love how my sister made something that can be so confusing and difficult and painful, so practical and valuable. And that's the, that's the value that you got today online and in here is you got the value of just taking the gospel of Jesus Christ and saying he came to be your friend and making it so profound and simple that you don't have, because we love to do that. We love to make it more complicated than it is. And, and, and I have to be, oh, how do I get closer? If I get closer to Pastor Landon, then I'm closer to God. If I get closer to this, if I serve and if I do this, if I, no, 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 just be you and love God and have a, it was with her and her relationship in a prayer time. And I treasure those memories. She came with me to college and she was there and I raised, with the two kids and we, I, I did college together. We were helping raise my little niece and nephew. Those are wonderful moments. And I forgot about the mullet until she brought it up. But that, that those are moments that God says, look, I put you in their life for a reason. We need to stop. And you've heard me talk about it. Stop running from relationships. You got to fight for relationships. You got to stand for relationships. You got you to put yourself out there. Some of us are so used to like waiting for so not, not wanting to put ourselves out there or be vulnerable. And, and, and we have to be that friend. Gosh, that was so just, didn't it? Don't you feel just like the peace of God, just like love and joy, just a calmness come over you? That's, our nation needs a word of healing in this area. We have a lot of people. I preached, she doesn't know this, but I was talking a little bit about this last week. Allies and ad, versus, versus adversaries and enemies versus advocates. Friendships. Our nation right now needs the healing of friendships. Like, we just need to be friends. Some of you guys, you grew up being super popular. Some of you didn't. And there's a sting of relationship and friendships in, in all, on both sides. Because you, you're used to being popular and people using you. And you're used to the other side being ignored and forgotten and not a part of that crowd. Can't the church become the place of healing that we need to be? We need to be that. Such a beautiful, powerful message. Will you stand with me as we prepare to dismiss today? Incredible Sunday. Next Sunday, I am preaching. I've been stewing on a word that God has given me, and it's entitled, it's a new little mini-series that I'm going to do titled Idols, What's Important. And so I want you to be here next week. I've been just like letting it marinate in my life of what's really important and what have we made important. And I want to talk to you tomorrow or next Sunday about that. But don't forget about our commencement service. And then tonight we got our youth dream night happening. It's going to be incredible. Parents, don't miss out. Right? We don't need to leave them in solitude. Give them a mask. Put gloves on them. Wrap them in bubble wrap. Send them whatever you want. to, But just be around some influences. 
be around some healthy relationships and it's good we need that we're meant for that and so uh but we're praying for each and every one who's streaming online everybody who's here today i want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me and i want to invite somebody who's here or streaming online to invite jesus as your friend today friendship is important relationship is important and you need to make Jesus more than this distant God who just lords over you you need to make him your friend you've seen him as a lot of things in your life but you've never accepted him as a friend in your life closer than a brother if that's you and you want to make Jesus your friend today I want you to raise your hand thank you for raising 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 your hand. We're going to pray a prayer together here and online and everybody under the sound of my voice. And I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my friend, closer than a brother. You are my Savior. You came just for me. Come close. Forgive me. Love me. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise, Bridge Church. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Gosh, what a great just Sunday. We need these Sundays where you let the word marinate in you and then you start making more friends. And let me just tell you, if you have a lot of friends, you need to change your mind and say, I need more. Because the world hasn't been reached yet. And we need to reach the world. How many friends can you make this week? How many friends can you make this week? How many friends can you make this week that you influence? Like Jiminy Cricket. Y'all know I love Disney too. So you, how can, let's do it. Let's reach the world. Let's speak this bridge declaration together. Be dismissed and I'll see you next Sunday for an incredible Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. God bless you, Bridge. We'll see you Wednesday and Sunday. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you decided to make a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you took that step today. Also, if you are new to our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift that we would love to send you. You can also email us at info at wearebridge.church and share some information so we can send that gift to you. Again, we're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. So stay connected, because remember, we're better together. Bye, Bridge fam. Do you love, do you love?